Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> or are you doing it this way? <laughs> Welcome to Welcome. another episode. A spooky episode of Eigen Bros. Cue the uh cue the like the mwahaha. <laughs> uh so today it's a very spooky episode about quantum supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So today we yeah. talked about basically what is quantum supremacy. Yes. You know, what does it mean for the future? Yeah. You yeah. know, we kind of went on some tangents a little bit about self-driving yeah. vehicles and yeah, other but things. We turned it back around. You know, you you yeah. kind of you know you take you take a couple tangents, but you know you you get to we we kind of wrapped it up a little bit nicely because I, I wanted to kind of ask Terrence what he because he always had the quantum question, you know, yeah. it's like, what the hell does it really mean? <laughs> and I think seeing it applied definitely, uh, I mean, it gave me an appreciation of like knowledge of quantum mechanics. Sure. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So hopefully this one could be educational, especially for, you know, you guys who are kind of a little bit on the fence of understanding what the heck quantum actually is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can see it applied. Yeah. yeah. You can see it applied and like, you know, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of, if you don't really know anything about quantum computers, I think we gave a pretty good survey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. So, um, yeah, guys, just make sure you like, subscribe, um, comment, share, yes. and uh, check out the Twitter at Eigenbros. Check out the website, eigenbros.com. Yes. And that's it, guys. Uh, stay tuned. Three, two, one, and we're live. Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> Fire off in the comments. Guess who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and it should be obvious who I am. It should. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know. I I mean, all I knew was Star Trek. That's true. I need a bald head, I guess. <laughs> I was like, Star Trek. Okay. Maybe a little more than bald head. You know, for me, it's pretty simple. You know, if you're uh, a 2000s baby, mm-hmm. I think you can figure it out, right? I don't know. It's hard for me to guess. Really? Yeah. Think I'm a '90s baby. What was your guess? Um, uh, gangster Teletubby. That's <laughs> uh, not the first one. That's not the first guess I got. Because uh, people people were guessing. You're like, oh, dude, Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, no. How's that Dragon Ball Z? I know. I, know. <laughs> I guess the outfit kind of looks. I don't know. I said, <clears throat> just give him the right <laughs> poison, poison for Cusco. <laughs> <laughs> see, I didn't even see Emperor's New Groove. Oh, you haven't? No. Dude. Patrick Warburton is great in that one. You know Patrick Warburton? Is that uh, Joe? Joe from Family Guy. Family Guy. Yeah. He does a bunch of voices. I mean, it's, he's kind of an iconic voice, yeah, right? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> I know that meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's great. But, yeah, this is my costume. It's got the little thing on top. Mm-hmm. The little Teletubby yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little antenna. Squeak, 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 squeak. He's kind of got this uh, Ace Ventura kind of thing. I was trying to work on the impression. Does he? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of got this. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like the Ace Ventura <laughs> thing where he's like, all righty then. You know, it's kind of got that same energy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I know what you yeah. mean. I know what you yeah. mean. It's got but that then again, Ace Ventura is a little bit more uh, hammed up, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, all righty then. <laughs> yeah. All righty then. <laughs> yeah, Jim Carrey. Peak Jim Carrey if you uh Yeah, Jim Carrey's great. Um so what is this? You're Luke Picard? Jean Luc. Are you Jean Luc Picard? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. See, I Although guess. I gotta admit I'm actually more of a Voyager fan than a next generation fan. This is all New to you, new, new to, to me. Uncharted <laughs> territory. Uh, you know what? I tried getting into Star Trek. I'm but you didn't like it? I I just couldn't uh i don't know i just couldn't i don't know what it was maybe i watched the shitty episodes or something well how long ago did you try to get into it when i was a teenager that might be the the reason yeah i didn't like star trek for most of my life until yeah. i became I'm an adult okay so you became be- a science nerd yeah right? exactly okay. well i was already a science nerd but i was more into like less campy or hammy shows oh okay. and star trek has very much of that kind of like corny campy yeah. feel to it yeah yeah, yeah. But now that I'm an adult, I can appreciate that way more than I could as a teen. Yeah. Like, I was always about, you know, cool or edgy shit. Yeah. You know, because I was a little edgelord. But, um, yeah, I like Star Trek now because it's got all these political themes and philosophy themes and things yeah. like that. 
that um, a lot of shows don't go at the same level yeah. in depth on. Mm-hmm. How are we looking on our recording one? That's good. All right. Yeah, so Star Trek is interesting. I like it. Very much a fan now. Excellent. So you should check it out. Voyager's, Voyager's my favorite, but I'm watching the next generation right now. Okay. That's so, good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I should probably give it a try. You should. Because uh, did, did you ever get like the extended cable package? Probably channels. when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I had I used, like hundreds of channels. I used to go to my friend's house to watch this one network channel, G4. The video game one. Yeah, the video yeah, game channel. Bro. Yeah, they yeah. They used to, they, that's where they showed uh, the uh, uh, Star Trek. That's where they were showing. Oh, like I didn't the know reruns. Star, Star Trek there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a gaming channel. They're like, okay, there's got to be crossover here. I see nerds <laughs> like this, nerds like this. You know, come on, gaming. Forget you know, about it. Yeah, when gaming culture was more, uh, how would you say, uh, for the people, you know. Yeah, but it was still kind of nerdy back even with G four. Yeah, but G four actually was before. Um, it was actually called something else before G four. I think. Even, yeah, wasn't tech it? tech TV. Tech TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. That look, trust me. I, I was a huge fan, dude. I was like yeah. representing the nerd culture. I was like, yeah, those guys are out there. I was like, huge fan of uh, X Play and shit. Yeah, bro. Yeah, Adam Sessler, Adam Morgan Sessler, Webb. Morgan Webb. Yeah, <laughs> this guy knows. This yeah, guy knows man. his shit. I remember Adam Sessler was golden bald and he was still trying to be cool, <laughs> spiking his hair up. I'm like, dude, it's a wrap. <laughs> Damn shots. <laughs> Shots and Morgan Webb was this hot girl gamer. Yeah, with, hot girl gamer, yeah. You know, yeah. the freaking muffin top body. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I kind of had a crush on her, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> she's she's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, but then they got a way hotter one after her. Um, yeah, Olivia Munn, I think, is her I think name. she had. Yeah. Nah, that was Attack of the Show, bro. You're oh, mixing, okay. You're mixing, you're mixing okay, shit mixing up. It up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Attack of yeah. the Show was also great. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really it watch was it, funny. though. I was all about the X Play. I didn't. I watched X Play too, but then uh, Attack of the Show came on the came came on the radar for me, and I was like, okay, fuck and yeah. You enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I watched it a couple times, but I wasn't yeah. a huge Attack yeah. of the Show guy. Yeah, but now you know, now nerd culture is dead. Show is gone. Mm. Now it's all like you know, racist taking over gaming and stuff. Racist? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think this you is know. called squeakers who are edgy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Saying the N word in chat. <laughs> well, they call it they call it the gamer word now because that's like their go to. <laughs> <laughs> what the N word? Yeah. <laughs> the gamer word. Yeah. Um. Anyway, speaking of G things. Yeah. Uh, G related. Big G. Big Google. G. Big G. Google. Oh, Google. You know what oh, I'm talking about? Yeah. Big yeah. G, Google, man. The rainbow-colored Google G. Indeed, indeed. Did you hear the news? Yeah, I did. So, Are you sad? Why? Because you have money in crypto? <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't call that being sad because <laughs> we, can, we can go into it a little bit. So you're talking, of course, about the quantum supremacy. Yes, let's preface this by saying, you know, quantum, we're, we're gonna, today we're going to talk about the main topic, it's going to be quantum supremacy. Indeed. Google officially made the announcement about a week ago, but yeah. they've achieved quantum supremacy for for a while. They've had it for a while, I think. They didn't really? even know. Yeah, because they there's this video that they published, and uh, if you want, you can kind of put it in there. If you, I don't know. If it's up mm-hmm. to you. Uh, Is this the one you sent me? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was, uh, they were just talking about, hey, we didn't even know we were like in the quantum supremacy like Realm? regime yeah okay because they were if you watch the video they were mapping this line and and saying okay what if if it's i think if it's no longer linear then we've we've achieved supremacy and then they kind of thought it was something else and so sure enough yeah they they were like okay yeah mm. we're in that regime now and so yeah i think i saw that but i thought they said that there was an error or something with their equipment that's initial. I think that's what they thought. Yeah. I maybe I watched it in passing and during my lunch break, and I was like, "Oh, well, cool." Okay. Yeah, yeah it's like a what, like a 10, ten minute video or something, or 15 probably minute, shorter actually. Maybe it was. Yeah. It was. I think it was called demonstrating quantum yeah. supremacy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so what were, were so so for the people out there, what what is, what does that mean? Do you know like what they mean by quantum supremacy? Sure. Should I just give you the definition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, quantum supremacy is to sum it up very easily is when you've invented a quantum 
algorithm that can um, completely outperform a classical computer doing mm-hmm. the same um, the same task. Yeah. So there's a little bit of um, contention with the word quantum supremacy. Like mm-hmm. some people think that it's not really a a good term because people don't think that quantum computers are ever going to be supreme over classical computers. Mm-hmm. Rather, we're going to live, they're going to live in conjunction. I see. They're going to live together in in, some, in yeah. many respects because okay. quantum computers, a lot of times people think it's going to be like, oh, it's this whole computing architecture that's going to completely change classical computing. Mm-hmm. It's not really the case. Quantum computers are going to be used alongside classical computers. I see. They can perform certain calculations and do certain algorithms mm. that can, you know, do things like optimization or yeah. they can do specific kind of tasks that won't be the same things that classical computers do. Mm. So supremacy is kind of a misleading word because it sounds like it, it sounds like quantum will reign supreme over classical computers, which yeah. is not really the case according to most experts. I see. So, th- so you're saying there are only certain, like right now, as it stands, there are only certain, only certain, like maybe you could say problems that quantum computing can solve. Yeah, exactly. Over, so over uh, classical. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm sure you. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you're familiar with one, but there's the classic Shor's algorithm. Are you no, familiar with it? No. Okay, so the Shor's algorithm is kind of the one where you referenced me needing to sell my crypto. <laughs> oh, okay. This, this, I believe uh, you may actually. I may have to bite my tongue on this. I'm not sure exactly if it is the same algorithm, but the Shor's algorithm is the one that has to do with prime factorization. Mm-hmm. So this is what we base our RSA encryption. That would be like banking you know, any kind of major encryption schemes that we use. Like Wi-Fi, all that shit. Yeah, like um, the the the, the um, encryption schemes on your bank computer e- bank for encryption. like HTTPS and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's the RSA encryption. That would be broken if you could create a quantum computer that could um, utilize Shor's algorithm or mm. that could perform Shor's algorithm. You could actually do that in a reason. You could, you could factor those prime numbers in a reasonable amount of time. And mm. right now we rely on those... Um, the slow speeds of classical computers to be able to secure our um, our you know our data or our yeah. banking information or anything and everything. Yeah. So basically, it's like classical computers um, factoring prime numbers, large prime numbers, is a very hard task. So it takes the classical compu- classical computer a long time to do it. You know, age of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of protects us from having our information broken or stolen or yeah. hacked. Is that only because the way classical computers, I guess, process information, would you say it's because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's sort of a linear process, right? Right. So with classical computers, you have to compute things one at a time, Mm -hmm. right? Of course, there's like parallelization with like GPUs and things and whatnot, right? Or CPUs where they, you know, they have multi-cores and Yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. So like multiple threads and things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you can do a little bit more nowadays with the, you know, the kind of advanced architectures we have yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. But with a quantum computer, you have like a way larger number of parallelization essentially because, yeah. you know, with quantum computers, um, each qubit that you add to the system, yeah. you're effectively... Uh, it's increasing... Um, the number that they throw out there is 2 to the n, right? 2 to the n, yeah. Where n is the number of qubits? Of bits, of qubits, exactly, okay. yeah. So you increase by 2 to the n yeah. times, which is, you know, a crazy amount. So once yeah. you start to get to the realm of like 50 qubits, uh, or maybe I think they said like 300 qubits, it's like the age of the universe, or that's like more atoms in the universe or something they said. Jeez. Yeah. So I think it was, I think it was something like... Um, with right now with uh with okay i think um the the well never mind i'm not i don't want okay, yeah. to don't, say don't, numbers don't throw numbers out yeah, there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean they're they're gonna get roasted yeah yeah they're huge they're big players right google's one of the big players in the quantum computing sector right yes yeah, so and Google, then there's yeah go ahead no and then just correct me if i'm wrong there's d-wave yep i, f- I forget the name of the other one do you know rigetti rigetti mm-hmm. okay it, are there any other ones? I think those. I think there were IBM. Oh, IBM, of yep. course. Yeah, IBM. yeah, yeah. Can't forget them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and they're all sort of trying to. I know that they were all trying to build some quantum computer in some sense, mm-hmm. and they, the architecture doesn't vary 
too differently, right? Because they all kind of use obviously some superconducting kind of um, like oh, high temperature superconductor. Right? Um, I'm not sure if it's high temperature um, because I think I'm not sure honestly. But I know Google. We'd have computers, to look at the white papers. Yeah. Yeah, Google's yeah. computer. You ha, it has to be cooled to two millikelvin or like fifteen oh, okay. millikelvin. Okay. But I don't know if that's just because of the quantum or because of the uh, the superconductor, or if it's because of like to reduce you know thermal um, excitations yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know exactly. Yeah. No, that's a that's a so so yeah. Anyway, um, but you were saying that the architectures are similar, which I don't think that's true because no? in the case of D Wave, I mm-hmm. believe they're called they call those computers quantum annealers. The hell and, does that mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's some kind of optimization. It's it does optimization stuff. Yeah. But if you remember, D Wave was like one of the first people to come on the map yeah. with a quantum computer that was you know sold sold in the, yeah in, in yeah. the private sector. So I, I I can't really speak on it because I didn't do any research on um, D Wave. Yeah, we'd have to compare white papers. We'd have to do like a full like yeah dive into right. that. But right but right now I guess we're kind of giving a survey of of what that means, like the scope of this sort of announcement, right? So this, sure. this is like the first public announcement of reaching you know quantum supremacy, as they say. Yeah, yeah. but of course um, the quantum supremacy is even up for debate. Not only just because the term is kind of vague, mm-hmm. um, I think they call the lower for, for form like quantum advancement or something. Okay. Um, and uh, IBM claims that Google actually did not achieve quantum supremacy. Ooh, them's fighting words. Yeah, man. exactly. So they came out <laughs> quick. I think um, one of the main researchers on the quantum computing system for IBM yeah. did a bunch of research and claimed that the algorithm that um, Google claims to have done in, you know, I think it was like they said 200 seconds yeah. comparing to the classical computer that was run in Oak Ridge. Yeah. Um, they'd said that the, the Oak Ridge one would take 10,000 years. IBM claims that they just didn't do the right algorithm. Ooh. And it should really only take about two and a half days for the supercomputer to do in Oak Ridge. Ooh. So they think that there's a little bit of like, They're there's a little of bit of contention. BSing the their numbers a little bit. Would yeah. you say, yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of, of contention there. And yeah. that's probably because mainly because IBM is a direct competitor with Google. Yeah. And they're also trying to build a quantum computer to yeah. achieve quantum supremacy as well. Yeah, and bring it to market and yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's huge. I mean, it would be huge, right? The implications are, you know, you you, you build this, by the way, quantum, reaching quantum supremacy will build whole new industries because you'll, you'll have... Quantum cryptography will have to be developed. Obviously, if you're a software engineer, you'll have to probably learn how to write algorithms in this Quantum. new architecture. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's it's you know it's going to be kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, all that stuff is a little bit far in the future. You think so? Maybe not far in the future. But like, future. say if you were say if you were starting school now mm-hmm. as an undergraduate, I think I would say it's probably advisable to get into like quantum and quantum cryptography if you were doing like you know computer science right sure it kind of looks more real in the landscape now like 10 years from now maybe this will be yeah lucrative yeah they kind of been have been people have been comparing this quantum supremacy achievement by google to like the wright brothers first test flight oh dang that's huge yeah so they're saying like the thing is it's like you still don't really know how far we can take it because There's one thing that um, the guy who is in charge of this Google project with the quantum mm. computer, his name is John Martinez. I think he's a professor at uh, UCSB in California. Mm. Um, he says that really the the thing that um, you have to, there's two kind of components that are important with quantum computing mm. to achieve it. And that is quantity and quality of the qubit. Mm. So he says that some people have been focusing on just the quantity of qubits and then someone might be, mm. be focusing on the quality. He says quality being the two most important are the most important of the two features. Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, like when we hear with computing, we say like, oh, there's so many, um, well, well, let me just talk in terms of the quantum computer. Sure. The more qubits you have, the more computation, yeah, computational more processing power you have. Power you yeah. have. yeah, yeah. Like that's when you start to really get the big leaps in doing things more than a classical computer. Yes. But John Martinez says that the quantity is not the only factor that matters. And actually, the quality of the qubit is very 
is probably more important than the quantity. And that would make that would make sense to me in, intuitively as a physicist. Okay. Only because, correct me if I'm wrong, the quality. I think the quality of the qubit would mean the so so to the the fundamental principle of of this whole quantum computing algorithm thing is is based on the 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 quantum superposition of the qubit state right yes and so you know you can and it's qubits qubits state so they're coupled the qubits have this wave function you can look that up you can google it Mm -hmm. uh that corresponds to you can say if the physical state of the system okay and correct me if i'm wrong but he's saying that the quality of this has to do with how how long you can keep that system in in that state exactly 100% yeah. okay. so essentially it's exactly like you're saying it's what they call it is the coherence times yes so with the current computer mm-hmm. that um that Google's uh, developed the Sycamore chip is really. I, yeah. I don't know if it's the, the if the chip is just called Sycamore or if the whole computer is. They call it the Sycamore I guess the processor. Chip. I guess yeah, the chip. but the computer itself is. I guess is they just all call it the Sycamore. It's a whole thing, yeah. <laughs> so that one. I mean, has, the computer is like. Have you seen the diagram? Yeah, it's it like looks, a fuck. It's like a. <laughs> It's like a, it looks like one of those classic computers they had in the seventies, where it's like water cooled and like this huge box. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it looks like a giant chandelier. Yes, it does. <laughs> but it's because they have to, you know, they have to super cool it down to low, super low yeah. temperatures. And yeah, stuff. most of that, most of those tubes and curvy, curvy tubes and gold and everything. Yeah. That's all for the cooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's really just the tiny chip on exactly, it. That's the yeah. whole quantum computer. <laughs> so it's like you got all this junk on here just yeah. for that little chip. <laughs> exactly. So it just shows you how fragile that state is. And yeah. they have to be able to isolate this from sound, from heat. Any kind of energy, right? Yeah, any kind of energy that's going to interfere with these qubits. Mm-hmm. So the coherence times are the really key part right now into making quantum computers relevant and usable Mm -hmm. so the longer coherence times you can achieve the more likely you are to be able to develop a usable workable quantum computer Mm -hmm. so right now the order i think of um coherence time they have Mm -hmm. for this um sycamore quantum computer is like on the order of like uh 10 microseconds Mm -hmm. so that's kind of you know it's pretty short but they can do these calculations over and over again and then you know make an average of it and then kind of get the values that they want that's kind of cool because you know, because then obviously extending the lifetime of that calculation, because the the calculation lasts as long as that coherence time, right? Yeah. So that that's I guess that's what he means by like you know you need you not only need the processing power, meaning the number of qubits, but you also need to have a good sort of coherence, coherence. time. Yeah. Yeah, because you need to reduce the error rate. So with the of- error rate that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? that yes, what so, does that mean? Yeah, so normal computing, we have this kind of kind of thing called error correction, uh-huh. and you know, with Careful. classical computers, it's a little bit. E- sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm making noises with the head, with the microphone, but um, <laughs> with classical computers, it's kind of easy to have a lot of error correction because when let's say let's say if you have a computer sitting in your house yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. We're constantly being bombarded by cosmic rays and yeah. all kinds of crazy, crazy particles from the universe, yeah. from the from the space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like a stray muon could come into your PC and then it could knock one of your um, bits into yeah. a different state. Uh-huh. But of course, a classical computer that doesn't really matter because one bit is not going to really mess up your whole system. Yeah, because all the bits are kind of they're um, separate from each other. Yeah, yeah. The problem is with quantum computing is all these bits are intertwined. So when one bit gets messed up, it affects a ton right, of them. Right, right, so, right. So it causes this sort of cascade effect. Exactly, or exactly. Collapsing sort of. Yeah, thing. so it messes up the whole wave function. It yeah. changes everything. Yeah. So the coherence time is very difficult to achieve on a, on a quantum computer because the mm-hmm. state is so fragile. Um, and error correction, you have to find a way to make it so that you can achieve some small percent of, of error mm-hmm. and still get the calculation that you want. I see. So they're developing ways to do error correction on quantum mm-hmm. computers, um, and that's kind of like really a major, um, a major. Uh, I guess I want to say a major part of developing usable quantum computers right now. Mm-hmm. That's a big area. Dang, that's so, huge. Yeah, that's like a multi 
that's going to be a billion dollar industry probably trillion dollar industry pretty soon <laughs> i don't know man it's going to be useful i mean they, they say already with this google um, machine that um they can already see an application just with this specialized um algorithm that they developed for this mm-hmm. com- this particular um quantum suppress- supremacy demonstration mm-hmm. um i don't know if i even i guess i should kind of mention that the algorithm that they developed for this quantum supremacy is kind of a useless random um a random uh circuit it's not really used for any kind of real quantum computing they didn't it's, it's a sort of uh what do they they call this in r&d they say just like a what's the word i'm looking for Proof of concept or Proof something? of concept, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so it's just like a random circuit that they yeah. built that they knew that they could build it easily. It uses like NOT gates. You know, yeah. NOT gates, for people who are not familiar, a NOT gate is like a very easy circuit or logic gate to build um, where it's just, it changes a zero state to a one state. Mm-hmm. Or, and, then it's, and then it changes a one state to a zero state. Mm-hmm. And that's like the one of the basic fundamental architectures for building computing systems. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, what was I saying? So... Yeah, so that random um, circuit that you build, they already can see some application for it because it can generate real random numbers. Yeah. So it's actually almost like we did, they created a real random number generator now. Damn. And you know, like before then, it's been impossible to make a random number generator. Yeah. Everything's yeah. pseudo-random. So actually yeah. this already came out with something and it's really just, you know, when these kind of breakthroughs come about, you see more and more applications for these type of things yeah, that you may yeah, not yeah. have known. Yeah. And that's already one that they see is that can make random numbers now, truly random numbers. Dang, the lottery is going to be yeah. truly random now. <laughs> <laughs> so these people win in twice in a row. <laughs> the jig is up now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dude, that's that's insane. Yeah. How, how did you feel about the news? About the quantum supremacy news? Yeah, what did what did you think? I mean, I'm I'm happy for it, man. I always like to see technology, you know, yeah, coming about new technology. How about you? What did you think? I was I was excited for the future. Yeah, you know, you sell your crypto? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I only have a hundred dollars in crypto, and that's. I think you were the first person I have ever known one who actually bought the um, quantum um, crypto. resistant crypto. Quantum resistant crypto. <laughs> Hell yeah! Shout out. I can't really, uh, you know, that, what is it called? Tampering? I'm not going to do tampering on here. Yeah. On the, on this, <laughs> or the FTC or whatever will come after me. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I was one of the, well, it's because, I don't know, there are reports of, of this happening. Like there, there were kind of musings underground that, okay, there's a company out there that probably has something um, related to it. But But of course, like you're saying, it's a little bit, it's not it, it doesn't really affect the mass market just yet mm-hmm. um unless of course there's governments out there that are funding you know like sort of like maybe you know unless there are governments out there like, like the black projects or something yeah they're, go- okay. they're like uh, like the US government or maybe some other governments out there might be funding some black projects like you're mm-hmm. saying sort of hidden funding to to get so they can have their own sort of quantum computer to do whatever they want. Okay. Meaning that they can break into anything and steal any information that they want. This is right. huge. This is huge for intelligence agencies. I kind of don't think so, though. I think because the major players in the quantum computing game mm-hmm. are like the guys who are in universities. Private industry? Yeah. I think it might be, no, in, in universities and stuff. John Martinez works at, he's a professor UCSB. at UCSB. Yeah. They have to pull him into Google just to be able to develop these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's too leading edge for a lot of these private industry guys. They don't really know enough how to build it. You need like, maybe so. Di- you need true physicists on these kind of projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they did need proof of concept. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, now, I mean, the, but this opens Pandora's box, right? So yeah. th- the end goal now would be something like that. Maybe, you know, you'd have to simultaneously build two paths where you have quantum cryptography and quantum like you know more more quantum building better quantum computers in a way well i've heard some things actually that some of the architectures that exist already are kind of quantum resistant i think the curves are kind of one of these ones that are safe you just would need to increase like the number of whatever the hell the number of um points that the that the curve pass i don't want to get too much into lipid curve fitting but there are architectures, I think, that are apparently quantum resistant that exist okay. today in some respects. Okay. I also, uh, I also um, reached out to Vitalik Buterin, who's the inventor of Ethereum, 
on Twitter and I asked yeah. him if the quantum supremacy is going to ruin my ether <laughs> and he said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Maybe feel a little bit better. No, I don't think I don't I don't think if you're on crypto I don't think you're at you're at risk. No. At, at least not yet. I mean there yeah. there are talks I monitored the big right afterwards I monitored the crypto the crypto uh the big crypto players like Bitcoin and stuff yeah. and see what the price did. Yeah, because uh, that reflects, actually went up. Yeah, crypto went up like nineteen percent like a couple yeah. days ago. Because that reflects, or at least Bitcoin did. Right, that reflects yeah. how like how the market or how the people see what's going to happen. Because if people dumped it, yeah, then you would be more worried. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I I think it'll be fine. Everybody talks about, you know, stuff like this being quantum resistant, and I'm sure, I'm sure that um, I'm sure the same thing. Like our banks are probably hopefully working on some kind of you know way to be prepared for the inevitable sort of but I mean, i'm sure they are yeah they got they gotta be kind mm. of because that would just that would crumble their whole business if that was yeah. the case yeah but this is huge man this is uh because can you imagine if uh government achieved quantum supremacy if they achieved like like a real one a real one this would be this would be like you know somebody having a nuclear weapon almost i think it would man yeah i think it's one of those revolutionary technologies where now let's imagine if the u.s got quantum computers like we could literally hack into any nation's oh, infrastructure yeah. within man. a reasonable time frame <laughs> yeah and see all their secrets you know? Yeah. So that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah, and be next level. Yeah, that's what I mean. It would be, yeah, it would be like having a new, having a bomb, having a yeah. knowledge bomb in a way. And we are in kind of like the age of like tech wars, you know? Yes. Because like China will hack us and things and mm-hmm. South Korea or North Korea even too. Not South Korea, it's North Korea. Yeah. Um, Russia, you know, everybody mm-hmm. does cyber attacks now. Yeah. So we're <laughs> definitely in that age of tech, tech war. Yeah, the next fifty Cyber years. War. I know the next fifty years. We're we're almost we're about almost thirty years old. I know, am plus minus years. <laughs> <laughs> plus minus. You know, plus minus two years. We're we're about thirty years old. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the next, you know, if we live up to be eighty, man, this is the next fifty years are going to be interesting. S- very interesting. I'm ready for self-driving vehicles. Really, well, that's, that's the, the number next one, one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the number one thing that kills people. I think nowadays. Yeah, like, like I've known, a, I've known a lot of people that have passed away for, from car accidents. Really? Yeah, like I'm just like, man, this is like we're still dying out here. Like, well, I think more more Americans die on the road mm-hmm. than any other thing. Like more than obviously guns, but yeah. like that's like the number like one. Like hundreds of thousands, isn't it? Dude, at that, I, I would say if I pulled a number up now, it'd probably like over or under. What do you think? Uh, that's. A day? A day? A day. I'm going to say at least a like thousand. 10,000 maybe. 10,000? Maybe not 10,000. I don't know. I'm not really okay, sure. Okay, okay, because when I drive on the road, I know this is a little bit of a, a tangent here. Okay. But uh, <laughs> if, okay, back in Texas, if I drive, if I'm driving on the road, they they would have these signs that say, you know, 16,000 deaths this, I mean, 1,600 deaths this year. Yeah. Drive safe. And- you know, it's like barely July or something. Okay, yeah. So if I take Texas. Extrapolate that, double it maybe. Extrapolate it, yeah, because Texas is probably the biggest state. Right. You know, multiply that by. So you're thinking. I'm thinking 5,000. 5,000 a day? Yeah. Okay. A year, a year. A year? Yeah. For, oh, for just the one state though. Yeah. I'm saying for the nation. For the nation, multiply that by 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, right. maybe, maybe less. Maybe, maybe less. less. Maybe less than that. Tens of thousands, though, certainly. Certainly. That's a lot, <laughs> It's though. way too much. It's way too much. Yeah. And that's why I think cars are going to be the next, self-driving yeah. vehicles are going to be. I mean, they're already in existence. They already could probably do it if yeah. there were more actual vehicles that are self-driving. Yeah, I had. Have you had any anybody resisting it? Have you talked to people about it? Oh, yeah, tons. I have lots of people tell me, I don't even understand the argument. They're just like, I don't I want to, they always say like, I want to drive my car. I don't want self-driving cars. Or they'll say like, I don't trust a machine to make the choice for me. <laughs> and I hear it a lot. I'm just like, me too. so shocked by it. I'm like, me you too, really man. think that a machine that can do calculations in milliseconds or even microseconds right. Right. is going to be worse than a human's response time? Uh, like our response time is like seconds. Yes. If that. If that. Yeah. And the, yeah, and even then, people don't like to admit. I see this all the time. 
people driving with their i mean yeah don't you everyone's distracted <laughs> people yeah people you know don't you want to just watch a video or something or, or go to sleep or go know? to sleep or read a book or you know do you'll have more time on your hands right. to do whatever you want imagine going on a road trip and you can just play video games while you're just sitting in the car you're just a passenger yeah that'd be so good that'd man. be amazing but it, anyway, we're kind of on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Google, make that yeah. happen with your quantum computers. I don't know how, but... Do you, uh, do you think... Uh, what do you think the future would be, like, let's say, long-term? Do you think yeah. we could ever get quantum computers downsized to, like, let's say, like, smartphone level? Could you see it happening? I'll give it at least 200 years. Yeah, I think you At least 200 right. years. It's going to be out of our lifetime, I'm sure. It's going to need... Yeah, it's definitely that. Uh, I think I think what's going to need to happen is physicists are going to have to figure out room temperature if not close to room temperature superconductivity mm. to reach that because you would need to isolate your your system energetically yeah to even get that to be at the level that we need it to be right um if not your phone maybe at least your desktop pc um within 100 years i think because mm. i mean look at the scale of computers how they've how fast they've grown yeah in the past 30 years 40 years true extrapolate that right it's just I would say at least a hundred years for for quantum computers to be like your PC at home, and then maybe two hundred to be in your pocket. Okay, wow. Maybe at yeah, least I can at, see it. At I, least I think it's gonna be out of our lifetime, though. For sure. I'm pissed. Sad. <laughs> Damn you, kids! If you're watching this yeah. now in the future, you know, just yeah. I, I, wish I, I, just I hate you. Technology. You guys are so lucky. I know that's really. That's really what drives me from being alive a yeah. lot of the time. I'm like, damn, the future is going to be amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> Technology can, it just is really impressive to see what changes that come about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially from their big changes like the internet. Like we got to actually live through the internet, yeah. which is just so cool. I know we're at that cusp, especially for us, the generation that, the last generation that know, knew what it was like to have pre-internet and post-internet. It's right. uh, such a different world. Yeah, you kind of live in two worlds in the in a sense. Yeah. It's kind of weird because, uh, yeah, you such a simpler time, <laughs> you know, in the nineties. It kind of yeah. There's a little bit of nostalgia there. That's but then again, I I don't know if it's our generation that's going to be kind of leading this this movement of of uh, what is it, digital hygiene in a sense where it's like we need to be careful about our digital consumption and 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 like how that affects our own mental health and stuff right yeah um just looking at screens and all the time and and isolation and what that means because i mean we, yeah we're social creatures right mm -hmm. and maybe there'll be a, maybe like psychologists or sociologists will see a correlation between like you know isolation and digital like you know because this is digital isolationism you you have you have a, a a thing that communicates you socially, but you don't have any human to human interaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, well, I don't know if those interaction things are the are one to one with physical interactions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like something's missing from it. Yeah, I think I think there might be something there that I think you're right. Maybe the, maybe maybe this is up to sociologists to figure out. Mm. <laughs> but I think I think they're. And we're going to be the one group that they're going to study because we're at the cusp mm -hmm. and they're going to be like, how do they compare versus yeah. the people that are just born into the internet age? Yeah. I think our generation definitely sees an issue with the Media. amount of connectivity that we have. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, like us, we have this weird mix where we kind of you know, at least for me, like I try to stay away from some social media platforms. Yeah. And I've only recently got into it just because, you know, trying to promote the podcast. And yeah, everything. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even have Twitter until this year. Yeah. You know, I didn't have Instagram or any of that stuff. Yeah. I didn't know what YouTube was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, say. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I, what do you so what are your what are your final thoughts on on that supremacy? quantum supremacy? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's a very important achievement, and I think it's gonna probably inspire a lot more innovation because now it's like the proof of concept has been shown. There's no like, it it showed that there's no real like roadblocks of mm -hmm. physics to develop an algorithm that is going to be faster than a classical algorithm. Maybe if it's not supreme, mm -hmm. like maybe if it's not like 
because IBM is claiming that the 10,000 years is an exaggeration and it's only 2.5 days for the classical algorithm. Um, of course, with these kind of things, that's just an initial thought. Yeah. If they optimize it more and more, they could yeah. make it less and less time for the classical algorithm. And then it's actually the same amount of time for the classical algorithm to, to perform as a quantum one. Mm-hmm. So we still kind of kind of wait and see. Yeah. But if the quantum computer even has any kind of speed up compared to yeah. the classical one, that is a very important proof of concept because now we've actually demonstrated a true algorithm experimentally that can be solved quantum mechanically that's faster than a classical computer. Yeah. So can we can we tell people before we leave a little bit about what research fields go into this particular project that you can sort of like speculate on? Like what disciplines ha- go into working in a project like this, do you think? For quantum? For this building this the quantum computer. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, of guess? course, I think this is condensed matter. 100%. This is the condensed matter field. You know, with condensed matter, it's probably like a bunch of stuff we do is related to computing. Yeah. Like, that's why I got into condensed matter, because yeah, I yeah. was interested in the computing side, the fundamentals yeah, yeah, yeah. of computing. Yeah. Um, and, by that, and by that, you mean, like, you, you mean processing the materials or finding the right materials to build a... A computer uh, everything. from everything. I mean, um, yeah, the so materials. So let's let's yeah let's let's expand on that, like for the for the audience here. Yes. Yeah, so the condensed matter physicists, you know, the guys that invented the transistor. Mm-hmm. So like just knowing logic operations, that's condensed matter. Mm-hmm. The materials, um, you know, let me think. What else? Um, like a lot of the engineering came after you would say, right? Like a lot of these guys build proof of concept devices in a way. Yeah. And then the engineering came as, came an, later. as an afterthought. Yeah. Like, oh, we have to make it like this. Yeah. And that's kind of physics in a nutshell. But anyway, sure. it's like the physicists invent the fundamental proof of concept, you know, yeah. kind of the rough prototype. Yeah. And then the engineers actually take it the next level and optimize, optimize. it and make it... Um, uh, manufacturable mm. and then consumer ready. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, um, so engineers and then physicists, of course, condensed matter physicists, and then mm-hmm. uh, one off the off the bat, computer scientists, probably yeah, computer right. Computer scientists, computer scientists. Is a big one. They've kind of done a lot more work so far, though, than the um, experimentalists, mm-hmm. because the algorithms have been slowly but surely made more and more optimized for these quantum mm-hmm. uh, schemes. You know, um, uh, I think it started with the the quantum algorithms were taking exponential time to yeah, complete, yeah. and then they finally got it down to like the quickest algorithm. I think was like um, some polynomial to like the two point six seven or something. Sure. Yeah. So it's like almost a square, a little mm. more than a square polynomial. Yeah. And that was over the course of several iterations. So the 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 computer science people are a little bit ahead of the game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it takes all, it takes all these fields. Yeah, um, mathematicians even too, because like, um, well, I guess mathematician, ma- mathematician or like theoretical computer science, because they've got the whole thing with uh, polynomial time. The you know if if, if you've heard of big no- O notation, no. So big O notation is how they um, characterize the time it takes for an algorithm. Oh, to run. I see, I see. Yeah. So it's the polynomial versus exponential yeah. time. So they do need some data modeling kind of. Yeah. yeah I imagine, and, I imagine you would have, maybe they would bring in a mathematician or two. Yeah. It could be either a mathematician or a or, computer scientist. Or use a or, good physicist, a good theoretical physicist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, think? it kind of crosses all three of those regimes yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. nicely. Yeah. So you got the whole P equals NP problem and all that stuff that can go in there. We don't oh. want to get into that too much, <laughs> but that's basically just means polynomial versus non-polynomial time yeah. algorithms. Are Dang. they equal to each other or not? Yeah. So in case you want to think about careers in this, those, those are the three interdisciplinary fields that you can probably go into, say, if you want to do quantum computing sure. in some way, right? Yeah. If you want to go heavy theoretical, you know, you can go math. Actually, you can go either one of those. Yeah, theoretical physics or, you know, mathematical physics. Yeah, in, in or sense. mathematical or theoretical like computer science. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you want to go more at the ground level, then you go experimental physics, engineering, yeah. computer science, if you want to do the actual software. Yeah. Um, mathematics, maybe not so much you can do with like ground level, but yeah. may, maybe you can do applied mathematics. I'm not sure. Yeah. They might need you to build models and sure. make sure some 
do how to figure out how to make things converge because I imagine they're going to have a lot of infinities Maybe, with stuff like know. this. <laughs> I'd imagine that they would have when they're building an algorithm, they would have a shit ton of things that are just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of theory work you could, yeah, that could be done. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So if if you're planning on doing it, then there's these are the things that you might want to look into because mm-hmm. uh, this is, and I would say 10, 20 years is going to be, it's going to be pretty huge. Like, uh, yeah, because I mean, it took, if you look at something like an experimental condensed matter, right, you, you see 2D materials, two-dimensional materials that started happening. I mean, they, they were discovered a, long, a while back, maybe 40 years ago, but, you know, with, with graphene, it was kind of hot in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that, and just now it's getting to the point where people are like thinking about applying it to certain things. So, yeah. I kind of have that resurgence with those um, magic angles. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, just now it's just 20 years later, it's being implemented into like chips and stuff. So, okay. Is graphene actually being implemented? Enough? I think so. I think in some, in some applications. Okay. I'll say that. But they still haven't found a way to mass manufacture it, have they? I don't. I don't know. I'd imagine they do, but it's about what I, what you're trying to do. I think. Mm, okay. I, I imagine it's very specific problems that you're trying to solve. Well, let's say for now we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's say for now I we're speculating. I don't think you did either. No, so no, no. Know. I'm speculating. Okay. I'm yeah. speculating, but uh, <laughs> but and, anyway, I'm giving it 20 years for this to be really mm-hmm. like pop off, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, quantum stuff is definitely uh, looks like it's real now. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. When reading this, did you walk away with some better understanding of kind of maybe a physical sense of quantum mechanics because how how you're reading about how they apply it? I did. I finally, because you know I've been trying to figure out yeah. what the hell superposition was, like yeah. how you actually put something in superposition for yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah. And it just seems that most things are already in superposition. Mm. It's just as soon as you measure it, once you measure it, it's now a collapsed state. Yeah. But then once you let it go, it goes back into superposition exactly. after a certain time. Time evolution frame. is what they yeah. call it. Yeah, but then it's also like the fact is you can also then say like why did things get coupled together? Um, and that one I'm not really too sure just yet. I think I think it has, it has to do with like isolating, but this is why they take it to low temperatures, right? They try to isolate it energetically. Yeah. The system. But this, but the thing is like, okay, so with the quantum um, sycamore computer that yeah. we're talking about yeah, here, yeah. it's got an array of like 50, 54 qubits. I think one of them doesn't work. And one qubit, so they use the, they use these cross trans, uh, transmon um, uh, uh, superconductors. Okay. So it's in a shape of a cross. So each of those cross um, tips or mm. vertices, I guess you could say, is connected to another qubit essentially. Oh. Well, it's actually a uh, it's actually connected to some kind of coupler. Yeah. And then the coupler connects to another qubit. So you can adjust the couplers to be able to send it some kind of microwave uh, signal frequency oh, okay. between zero and like I don't know some some amount of megahertz. Yeah. <clears throat> And with those different ranges that you can set the coupler to, you can couple those different qubits to each other ah. in a different amount of ways. Interesting. So what that means, though, is still a little bit hazy for me. Yeah. Um, I know that um, I kind of get more how to put a particle in certain states, states now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the example that John Martinez gave, I looked at one of his videos, was imagine if you have one qubit, right? Yeah. So the qubit zero state is the ground state of, yes. let's say, of, of a hydrogen atom. Yeah. The one state would be some excited state. Yes. The way you excite the excited state or excite the ground state to an excited state yeah. is to actually send some kind of microwave frequency to that ground state. Basically something with energy, some like a photon. Photons are, in this case, are microwaves. Right. Right. So they they say microwave, I think, because that's the resonance frequency that they that they have for that for particle. This particle. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a proton; it might be something else. Sure. Um, but uh, I uh, yeah, but you can send that frequency, resonant frequency, and it will give it a one state. Yes. But then let's say that that let's say that frequency is like forty megahertz. Yeah. 
Now, if you half that, let's say you half that frequency, you send 20 megahertz instead. When you shoot a photon at that ground state now, 20 megahertz, it could either be in the zero ground state or the one excited state. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you don't know which state it's going to be. And as you adjust that microwave frequency, that photon that you send to it, yeah. you can actually put it in a different state, a different probability state. And that's how yeah. you kind of navigate the blocks, the block sphere. Mm -hmm. I think I'm kind of getting a little bit complicated. Um, no, I mean, it's illuminating to me, but this is sort of an yeah, appendix. This is sort of the appendix of the video, yeah. I would say. Okay. <laughs> but you can kind of set it in a different amount of states that way. Yeah. So let's imagine that you, um, that your state is a zero and a one state yeah. with some kind of constant or some kind of coefficient attached mm -hmm. to those two states. So yeah, let's yeah. say it's zero plus one. Yeah. And each of those states has an A coefficient for zero and then yeah. a B coefficient for one. Right, right, right. You can adjust A and B's coefficient by adjusting that microwave frequency that you shoot onto that nice proton. Very cool. That's how you make the different kind of states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then when so, you couple it, it becomes more complex, yeah. complex, and then you actually have more and more of those states. Yeah, like in quantum mechanics, yeah, they, they have, if you if you have like the, if, if you open up those other states, you're creating, I imagine they're saying that they have, a now the state has, com, it's combined with all those other states so the linear combination of the other states yeah that's how with you all get different the real weights. power yeah of the computation as well that's cool when you have all those states entangled with one yeah. another and you make this bigger and bigger wave function yeah that's when you actually get the ability to make all these huge calculations because when the quantum computer actually goes to solve the problem it gives you back a probability for each of those states yeah and that's then that cool. can be utilized to actually do computations so did you were you able to appreciate your level of quantum mechanic not quantum mechanics knowledge yeah. to kind of seeing it and applied to something right it's yeah really cool it was kind of useful i feel like i'm finally understanding it now. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i think there needs to there needs to be more demonstration of this like in graduate uh, school in, you mean yeah like how it's yeah. applied because these 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 concepts are so esoteric and they seem I mean, they are, they are they're unreal to yeah. us, right? And but if you see it applied, it's like, oh crap! It's like you know, right? I it's kind like of that. was thinking of a comparison to that. It's kind of like being told how to play a game, mm -hmm. but then never playing the game. Okay, so like, like if it, somebody told you how to play cards or something, right? Like Texas Hold'em, right? Maybe? Sure, yeah. Like yeah. imagine somebody trying to explain poker to you, but then you never get to play poker. <laughs> so you can learn all the theory to it, maybe, but. If you never play the game, it's going to be harder for you to actually remember the rules yeah. and the intricacies of it if you yeah. don't actually play the game. Yeah. But I guess the more you read on it, like I have, I just have to keep reading and reading and reading. Yeah, Eventually, yeah, yeah. you can know the book so well that maybe you can actually play the game. Yeah. But I think it's a lot easier when you play Texas Hold'em and know the rules at the same time because yeah. then you actually can remember and retain your information much faster. Yeah. And easier, long, and you yeah. have more longevity to your uh, information retention. Yeah, so maybe in 100 years when they have classroom quantum computers, they can do these quantum tests <laughs> in, in the classroom. Well, you know what I think they should just do? They should just make a simplified version. A toy model? Yeah, so the thing is, um, the way I think the best way to explain quantum mechanics is to just think of it as, don't even think of it in the sense of like normal physics. Mm-hmm. Just think of it like a game, like a Sudoku game or something. Mm -hmm. Like if you're trying to learn how to play Sudoku, you just need to know the rules of how to play it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to attach your understanding of what you think about reality, about well, about classical or Newtonian reality sure. to it. That's a mistake that everyone does. It's a mistake I've done. And that's a mistake that, you know... Everyone, tons of people. Pretty sure do. everybody, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure even Feynman like, and Einstein. Yeah, because yeah. classical physics makes so much sense and it's so logical. You're like, surely it, this just must continue. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like a whole nother game now. It's like yeah. learning and holding the game. It's like you've been playing checkers all your life, but now you're trying to apply the rules for checkers onto chess. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. So yeah. you need to just learn chess independently of checkers. Yeah. Um, That's a great analogy. They, they're on the same board, maybe, yeah. but yeah. they're different games in that, a sense. That's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah, so I think if we just learned, if we played it, if we like gamified quantum mechanics, I think it'd be a lot better. I think in a sense it is, but you're right, framing it in a way where, it, I mean, it the mathematical framework 
is a set of rules. It is. It is a set of gaming rules. But I think it should be presented in a, in a more clear picture like sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, I actually saw a really nice um, explanation about this with mm-hmm. one guy. Uh, I think he's at MIT. He actually just explained quantum mechanics and the weirdness of it using, um, instead of like a momentum and, and position, he would use... Um, color and I've seen, hardness i've seen this video yeah, yeah it yeah. was really a nice explanation he puts it's it like, through a filter yeah you I got see, it I've you got that. it yeah, it's yeah. much clearer to understand when you think of it like a game yeah because you're learning the rules of a game and it kind of distracts you from trying to actually put that put those rules onto reality <laughs> yes that's always the problem with people <laughs> doing quantum mechanics you're trying to yeah. fit it into your framework of classical mechanics that you already yeah. have yeah just don't even do that detach yourself completely yeah then you can do that yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Fun, I'm. I'm so glad to hear this from you because I was like, I. I think, I think now the, because because I feel like I had to do so much reading for this uh, for this one project that I had mm-hmm. talking about my one of my senior projects for my undergraduate. It was reading about all this quantum stuff. And I remember coming upon that video at MIT and then Mm. a couple other things and then reading through a bunch of stuff and it really cleaned out a lot of my thinking. But I reached that point where I didn't know how to put it into words like you you did so succinctly. But yeah, it's like a set of rules. You have to kind of sort of think of it independently of classical mechanics. Classical mechanics is a set of rules too, but they're just so... It's so uh, linked into our DNA. It validates your experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're born knowing the rules already. Yeah. So it just it doesn't feel like a game. Yeah. But classical mechanics is a game too. It's just that we happen to be born into that game. We've been yeah. playing classical mechanics all our lives. Yeah. So we've gotten too good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're trying to see everything in that yeah. light. Just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. So I think that's how a lot of times you gotta approach new physics. You just gotta think of it as a game. Game with rules. Just know the yeah. rules. Yeah. 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 So Damn, what a perfect yeah. way to end it, I think. Uh, <laughs> you think that's good? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think good. we're at 52 minutes, so that's probably yeah. enough. All right. So, All right. yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> stay, stick for the outro. Oh, wait, what should uh, we should leave a question, though. What's oh, a, yeah, What's yeah, a yeah. good question, you think? Um, I didn't come up with one. <laughs> I would um, say, I would say, what, what did, so, I guess, uh, what does that make you think? Do you think Google actually has achieved quantum supremacy? I you know, you can probably do your own research on this if you mm-hmm. want and then comment on it. Um, if you've done some research beforehand, leave leave an answer. But uh, also, if you liked Terrence's, like, kind of guide to, or approach to quantum mechanics, you know, mm. let us know. Because I, I actually wanted to kind of, maybe I can make a blog post or something or, like, kind of, I was working mm. on this kind of thing, like, quantum mechanics for dummies kind of thing that's um, the one you send me yeah yeah, yeah. introduction and in, in a way not introduction but sort of how to talk about quantum mechanics yeah and i, I tried explaining it as a and as a something that we can relate to with intrinsically with probabilities and stuff as, mm-hmm. as a deck of cards but we can yeah. talk about that later but basically what did you think about his explanation you know um is quantum mechanics still kind of weird to you and and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You got to do the math for quantum. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah you yeah. don't like it. I'd love to see in the future like a game for quantum mechanics where they just, maybe it's not actually quantum mechanics. It's just the rules of quantum mechanics made into a game. And it kind that would of, be amazing. Yeah. And it kind of just makes it so it's detached from like an actual explanation for quantum, but the rules of that game exa- follow the exact follow same, the same rules as a quantum game would. That would be just an awesome like the MIT game. guys. Um, color and hardness then features wh- for his uh, let's let's end this video particle. now because i have a great idea <laughs> multi-million dollar idea Uh-oh. all right Uh-oh. <laughs> all right turn it off <laughs> yeah turn it off all right y'all um stick yeah. around for the outro hey what's up guys thank you for making it to the outro crunk here <laughs> captain picard yes yeah. want to <laughs> Want to th- want to thank you? Ah, fuck! I'm trying to do a voice. Let me <laughs> let me get, get into it. Low one. Let me get into it. <laughs> right, the outro, the outro for Eigenbros. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Sorry, it's a good try. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was uh, a lot of fun to kind of talk about just what it, what quantum supremacy means mm-hmm. for us, Google, society, um, and some other things, I guess. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it was educational, guys. Yeah. But yeah, just make sure to subscribe, comment, like, share, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. And um, check out the Twitter at Eigen at eigenbros and then mm-hmm. eigenbros.com and uh, we'll see you next time guys yeah and comment on our costumes yeah <laughs> tell us <laughs> what right. you think yeah see ya see you guys I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show?